I'm excited about this new series we're kicking off today called Greenpeace. Uh, in these difficult times in our nation, this is such a much-needed series for many of your friends, family, co-workers, neighbors, and encourage you to invite them here as we're going to look at some practical tools that can revolutionize our financial life and bring peace into our life and into our homes. My talk today is called Buyer Beware. When I was in high school, I learned about algebra, algebra, I learned chemistry, I learned about English, biology, and geometry. And there, there's a, that's my high school graduation picture there, thebomb.com. Ah, you got to know that kid in play haircut, you know what I'm talking about? Check out them denim wash jeans, huh, that tie, that flower tie. Huh, what I like the best, I don't wear much jewelry except a ring and a watch, but back in those days, I wore a necklace because I was fly guy. You see the necklace coming across that, huh, underneath the tie? Well, I was fly! High school days, and I learned a lot in high school, but I graduated from high school, and somehow I made it all the way through high school, and they never taught me in high school how to balance a checkbook. They never taught me about credit cards. They never taught me anything about finances, and I graduated high school and didn't know anything about finances. And, and I would just love to go back in time and to go back and talk to some of my teachers and principal and just, just talk to them. And I know things have probably changed today, but I would just love to go back and say, now, did you all realize that every student that graduates from Wewoka High School, every student, no matter if they go to college, no matter the career they choose, no matter where they live across America, around this world, no matter their worldview, no, ma- no, 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 no matter their, 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 their thoughts about God and religion, no matter what, what, what they do in life, that they are going to be impacted by this thing called finances. Every student is going to deal with finances. I mean, did you realize that, that, that every student that leaves here, that, that, that they're going to face this deal, and the number one cause of divorce is, is money problems? Is money? Did you all realize that? And, and, and I went on to college, and, and I graduated, and, and I got a, a biblical studies degree. I got my bachelor's degree in biblical studies. I got a minor in psychology. And like many of my, my classmates that graduated, I went to a, a school that had all types of majors. They had, uh, you know, psychology and, and teaching and business, all types of majors. And, and like many students, I graduated from college, and I was never required. I never took one class on finances. I never took one class on budgeting, one class on credit cards. I had some credit cards, but didn't have no class on it. And and I graduated from college, and they never talked about money one time. And uh, I would love to back up in time and go back and sit with some of my college professors and say, did you realize? And actually, I was granted this opportunity. I was back on campus this fall at my alma mater, and, and, and some professors pulled me in. It was in the Bible department. They wanted to talk to me. And they say, Herbert, we want to talk to you. God's blessed your ministry. What are some things we could have helped do to equip you for, for full-time ministry when you were here? And the first thing I said is, man, I wish you would have told me about money. <laughs> Here I am, I'm a pastor, I'm going into ministry, and every student here at this college, no matter what degree they get, no matter what profession they go into, they're going to have to deal with money. They're going to have to know how to handle money. They're going to have to know about a budget. They're going to have to know about credit cards. And yet, I made it all the way through high school, all the way through college, and never had one class. Nobody ever taught me about money. And I grew up in a home where my parents taught me about a lot of things, a lot of things. But my parents never talked to me about finances. 
I never learned to budget at home. I never learned how to check, about checkbooks. Matter of fact, I graduated from college, and I didn't know about a checkbook. I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. I didn't know anything about it. Isn't it amazing that most of us in this place, we went through the formative years of our life, and we never learned one thing about finances. And, and the awesome thing about God is God is very practical. For instance, I tell you that God is relevant. God understands that we deal with money and material possessions. God understands the stress that money can create in our lives. And the Bible talks about money and possessions from cover to cover because God knows that this is a huge, huge area of our lives. Matter of fact, Jesus talked more about money and possessions than he did heaven and hell combined together because Jesus knew that this was a huge area of our lives. I want to just give you a launching point scripture as I talk about buyer beware. This is a great starting point of a scripture that I really think this scripture, we should just try to memorize it as a church. It's just a powerful, powerful verse of scripture. Proverbs 10 and verse number 22 says, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth and he adds no trouble to it. Now, now, the awesome part of this verse is when we follow God's plan for our finances, God blesses our finances and he adds no trouble to it. Don't miss this. God's blessing is finances without trouble. I want that to sink in. God's blessing, not for you to be a multimillionaire, billionaire, nothing wrong with that, but, but God's blessings because you can be a multimillionaire, billionaire and get all kind of trouble financially. God's financial blessings is blessings without trouble. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Many followers of Jesus Christ are experiencing a lot of trouble in their finances. They have no financial peace. As I talk about this right now, some of you are thinking about your life and the lack of peace that you have. And you're thinking about the credit card or credit cards, six, seven, eight of them that you have, and you got high balances on them, some of them maxed out, and you're paying the minimum payment on them, and you're, you're thinking about that right now as I talk about finances without trouble. Some of you are thinking about a house payment that you have, and you're behind on the house payment, and it's more than what you can really afford, and you're thinking, your mind's going, you're thinking about finances without trouble, you're thinking about that right now. Some of you, it's the house in a down economy, you're thinking about the house that you can't sell, You've been trying to sell it for months and get out from under it, but you can't. And you're thinking about that right now. Some of you are thinking about a school loan. And that school loan's been around so long, it's like a pet. Hey, man, you named it, huh? Willie. Hey, Willie. I mean, that thing's been around so long, and you're thinking about that right now. Some of you, as you think about finances without trouble, you're thinking about your kids. And have you learned that with kids, you know, I, I don't understand this, but it never stops. Have you learned that? Huh? I got, it never stops. I, I don't understand this. My kids have to eat every day. What's the deal with that? I mean, have you? It never stops. They need clothes. They need food. They need to be provided for. And, and right now, as we talk about this, many people, many people, some of you in this room, when you think about finances, you don't think about finances without trouble and stress. When you think about finances, you think about trouble. You think about worry. You think about anxiety, you think about pressure, and you think about stress. Stress. 
And friend, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You say, Herbert, why is this so relevant? Herbert, why would we spend four weeks on this, unpacking this to get help? Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When you are stressed out about money, it affects every area of your life. Every area. Think about it. When, you're, when you have money stress, it affects you mentally. Matter of fact, some of you are so consumed mentally with money. You think about it all the time because of the stress. You're, you're, you're trying to strategize. You're trying to plot. You're trying to plan. Your mind is always trying to work. And mentally, you're, you're, you're messed up because of financial stress. Some of you physically, you're literally sick. You're sick. You're, you're not healthy because you're so stressed out and there's anxiety and you're biting your fingers. You can't sleep at night. You're pulling out your hair because of money. It affects every area, area of your life. It affects you relationally. As I said, the number one cause of divorce today in America is money problems, money stress. And there's relationships in this place today that are in great tension and, and arguments and fighting, and you're not getting along because the root is, is, is money problems and money stress. And there's parents and kids not getting along because of, of money stress. And there's siblings today, maybe somebody passed away and left them, and they're arguing over money and fighting over money because of m- money stress affects every area of our life. I mean, this is so important. It affects us spiritually. When, when you are stressed out about money and you get so focused on money because of stress, you start worrying, you start trusting the dollar bill, you start trusting that your workplace is, is the place that that's your provider and you quit trusting in God, you quit seeking after God, you quit chasing after Him, you start giving three, four, five, six, ten jobs because you, you're so concerned. Money stress can even cause you not to seek and pursue God. I mean, I mean money stress, it, this is huge. It affects every area of our life. And God gets it. And God talks about it from cover to cover. And friends, hear me, hear me, hear me. I want you to catch this. God's plan for you and I, God's plan is for us to have finances without trouble. Finances without trouble. And over the next four weeks, what I want to do, my goal over the next four weeks is I want you to experience financial peace. I want some of you to experience a turnaround in your finances. Hear me, hear me. You're stressed out. Here's what I want. Over the next four weeks, I want your stress level to begin to go down. Over the next four weeks, I want, I want trouble to begin to fade away. If you're new to People's Church today, maybe you're a first-time guest here today, and you go, oh, we showed up on the wrong Sunday today. Preacher talking about money. Listen, 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 listen. If, if that's you, you're, you're new. We have a lot of first-time guests. Let me say this to you. Relax. Even if you're not a Christian, you're just kicking the tires. You're just checking out this whole church thing. This is relevant to you and me. This affects everybody's lives. We're not in a building campaign. We're not in a stewardship campaign. We're not going to pass the offering buckets at the end. Listen, that's not what we're about. No pressure, no, no manipulation, no games. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you, and I really want to help you. I really want your stress level to go down. I really want you to have peace in this area of your financial life. And so just relax, receive from God's Word today, some practical principles to help you out. What I want to do is give you three money principles, three money principles. Number one is this, and before I dive in, let me just say this right up front. Dave Ramsey has impacted my life in a great way, and many of the things that you hear will be from the Word of God and Dave Ramsey. Some of the terminology I use is from Dave Ramsey, so over the next four weeks, you will hear me use some of his terminology, so I'll just say that right up front there. Number one is this. Avoid stuffitis. Avoid stuffitis. 
The first thing you have to do, you have to do, is avoid stuffitis. Say, Herbert, what is stuffitis? Stuffitis is the worship of stuff. The worship of stuff. That's what's back here, stuff. You know, we like the house. You got the white picket fence. Huh? You got the Cadillac. How about them rims on there, huh? Ooh, baby, huh? Folks drive a $250 car, but got to have rims like that, huh? Crag me up, huh? $250 car, $4,000 worth of rims and a $2,500 sound system. Boom, 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 boom. Car by car, they're about to fall off, but they got some bass. Stuff, stuff, stuffitis. Worshiping stuff, chasing after stuff, pursuing stuff. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. You can't worship God and stuff both. Here's the truth. Let's just be honest with one another. We Americans like stuff. We like it a lot. You like stuff. I like stuff. All of God's people like stuff. And we tend to worship stuff. But friends, if you're going to get out of debt, if you're going to live within your means, if you're going to experience financial peace, you have to be cured from this disease called stuffitis. And I want you to understand something. Understand that biblically money is not good or bad. Stuff is not good or bad. It has no morals. It's just stuff. It's just, it's just money. It's not good or bad. The Bible says it like this, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 10. For the love, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's not money. It's the love of money that is wrong. It's not wrong to have millions of dollars. It is wrong for millions of dollars to have you. It's the way that we act towards money that's either good or evil, but not money itself. It's okay to have money. It's okay to have stuff. But the question, the thing we have to drill down on today is this. The million-dollar question is this. How do you not, how do you and I not have a love for money and stuff? How do we see stuff for just what it is? It's just stuff without drooling over it without worshiping it, without it consuming our lives. Today, I have to share with you one very dirty word. It's a dirty word. Some of you have never heard this word in church before, but I'm going to share it. Some of you won't like me after I share it. Let me share this very dirty word with you. Here it goes. The word is called discipline. Discipline. <laughs> You will have worry, trouble, and stress until you achieve a level of discipline in your financial life. As I said earlier, if you don't have discipline in your financial life, you will have money stress. And money stress, don't fool yourself, it affects every area of your life. Mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually. It affects every area of your life. And Tiffany and I, I'm just being real with you today. We, we can struggle with this disease called stuffitis. We, my wife and I, we can see stuff. We can see something, and it's nice, and it's new, and it smells good. It looks good. You ever notice? You ever got in a 
brand new car to test drive it. It just smells good. You notice that, huh? And it smells. I get in my car that smells like kids. Huh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, just new. It feels good. Smells good. Looks good. And my wife and I, we have to. You know what we have to do? We have to go to war with those desires. We got to go to war. Those desires says upgrade, get more, get yourself. Don't follow your budget. Just get j- chase after that. No, no. We take those and we just fight against those desires. Says no. We're not going. We're not called to worship stuff. We're called to worship God. We are not going to be controlled by stuff. We're going to control those desires. Listen, we are not going to be people of stuffitis and have this disease called. Stuff. You got. You know what you have to do? Like Tiffany, we kick it in his teeth. Ah! I mean, you got to get mad sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Those desires that are trying to control you, and our culture is so good. Our culture is so good to make us get into stuffitis, have this disease. They spend, did you realize companies spend millions of dollars marketing? That, matter of fact, grocery stores, did you know they actually study out right where, what shelf to put stuff on? And they know how it's going to make you feel psychologically when you walk by and you see them cookies on aisle three, eye level, and the Oreos pushed at the very front. Ah! Stuff artist jumps all over you. And you got to be cured from stuff itis and cookie itis and car itis and house itis. Well, Herbert, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I do that? Number two, number two, number two, number two. Develop power over purchase. Develop power over purchase. I, I want to share something with you right now that is huge when it comes to finances. This is a powerful biblical principle. A church, don't miss this. Don't miss this. If you will do this one thing, one thing, you're more than halfway there. If you'll do this one thing, your stress level will begin to go way down. If you'll do this one thing, financial peace is right around the corner. Here it is. Here it is. The one thing. Live within your means. Spend less than you make. And some of you are sitting right there going, what you talking about, Willis? Spend less than I make. Herbert, that's not possible. I can't do that. Herbert, you're about to lose your mind. There's one word. It's called, it's called discipline. Discipline. You cannot continue to spend more than you make and have financial peace. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Everybody shout Discipline. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. One of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to create discipline in your life. Please hear me. The Holy Spirit of God wants to help you get discipline in every area, every area of your life, including your finances. Friends, you and I have to be disciplined to have power over purchase instead of our purchases having power over us. You have to get your spending under control. You have to spend less than you make if you're going to experience green peace. Here, let me quickly, let me quickly give you four keys to developing power over purchase. Four keys, four keys to developing power over purchase. Fill this out there in your, in your sermon notes. Number one is this. Number one, realize you are not helpless. You are not helpless. There are some of you sitting there today and you're thinking, Herbert, only if you knew the financial hole I was in. I'm in so deep there's no way out. Herbert, if you knew, if you knew the credit card debt, the school debt, the house debt, the car, if you knew the mess I got myself in, that there's no, and I'm telling you, there is hope. 
You're, you're not, don't you think you're helpless? You are not helpless. There are principles in God's word that you can begin to apply. God is on your side. The Holy Spirit is in your life to help you in this area of discipline. God wants to pour out blessings in your life that you don't live a life full of stress and anxiety and worry all the time. You are not, I'm not telling you it's going to happen overnight. But you're not helpless. Things can begin to change in your financial life. You are, I want that to get out of your mind right now. You are not, things can change. Things can change in your financial life. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it can change. You might have to sell the house, but it can change. You might have to get rid of the $450 car payment and drive a $1,000 car, but it can change. You may have to stop eating out, but, but, but it, can, it can change. And you can experience financial peace. You are not helpless. Don't you dare think that. Number two is this. There's a, a second key to developing power over purchase. Number two is break your patterns. Some of you need to break some bad patterns and habits in your life. Friends, if you don't like the results you're getting financially, you've got to change things up. If you continue to do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. If you want different financial results, you have to break some old patterns and habits. You have to make up your mind. Hear me today. Make up your mind that you're going to do things differently. Right here, financial peace is one right here. This, right, I'm telling you, it, financial peace is one right here. You have to make your mind up that you're going to do things differently. You're going to, if you continue to do the same things, you're going to continue to get the same results. Here's the deal. It, 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 they call it insanity to continue to do what you've always done and expect to get different results. Pastor, I'm in church and I'm praying. Lord, just pay off the credit cards. It ain't going to work like that. You've got to do some things differently. And here's the deal. If you, if, if you don't win the battle right here to change, you're not going to experience financial peace. Because here's the deal. No change, no peace. No change, no peace. Break your patterns. Number three is this. Consider your buying motives. Consider your buying motives. I want you to be honest with yourself over the next minute or so. Be honest. Why are you wanting to upgrade the house? Seriously. Why are you moving from a two-bedroom apartment to a four-bedroom apartment? Seriously. Why? Well, what are your motives? Why are you buying the new car? The old car still runs. Why? Well, what are your motives? Really? Why are you spending so much money on clothes and putting on this thing called a credit card? Why? Really? Why? What, what are your motives? What's driving you? Why are you getting the new gadget that comes out every six months? You know, the, the new phone, the new toy, the new weed, the new this. There's always something. Why, why are you always getting? Nothing wrong with it, but why? What's driving you? What are your motives? Are you trying to keep up with the Joneses? What, what's your motives? Are you trying to make people think you're successful by what, the stuff you have? Are you trying to make people think that you're somebody? Well, I got to get this because I want people to know that I'm somebody. And if you don't develop power over purchase, you will be somebody. Somebody broke. Somebody with no peace. Somebody in financial trouble. Somebody with a lot of anxiety. Somebody with a lot of financial pressure. You, you'll be somebody. What are your buying motives? Number four is this. Number four is this. Wait overnight before making purchases. Wait overnight before making 
a purchase. Here's the deal. Don't be an impulsive buyer. Don't be an impulsive buyer. I mean, I, 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 I can so easily do it. I can, I can walk into a store and get to the mall and just kind of looking around and won't even plan on buying the thing. And then they tell me, we're having a 75% off sale. Really? Well, yes, Mr. Cooper, 75% off. Well, how long is it going to last? It's over tomorrow. Rip when? Tomorrow. Oh, my Lord, we better get to buying some. How they're good. How you know those salesmen are good? If you're a salesman, you're good. You're good. Nothing wrong with you. You're just good. You're not a psychologically mess with it. Put on a sale until it's the end on Saturday in the morning. So buy now. It won't be here tomorrow. We only got one size of that. You better get it today. <laughs> and listen, you can't be an impulsive buyer and experience financial peace. Wait overnight. If it's a big purchase, wait a week. Wait, wait. Don't Listen, listen. Don't let your purchases have power over you. You have power over your purchases. Number three is this. There's a, a third money principle I want to share with you. Number three is this. Give away your money. Give away your money. And I know somebody, right now you're sitting in your seat and, you go, and you're thinking this. I knew it was coming. I knew it. The church just wants my money. Bertha, we ain't coming back next week. I knew it. I knew it. Listen, 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 listen. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm not trying to get your money from you. Here's what I know. When you begin to give your money away, you got to start honoring God with the tithe, returning the tithe to God, 10% of your income, and giving offerings. Here's what you do. You invite God into your finances. And if you don't believe me, you think my motives are bad, well, you start attending church somewhere else next week, and you start tithing there at the new church you're worshiping at. You start tithing there. And watch God show up and get involved in your finances. And when he does, come on back to People's Church. We'll, we'll love you back. Come on back. And you'll find out that this thing really does work. This thing of giving your money away, of tithing and giving offerings really does work and invites God into your finances. There's a friend of mine named Jimmy who started tithing three years ago and was in financial trouble and disarray. And invited God to get involved in his finances. And it changed, it's changed his financial world. Jimmy attends our church. Check out this video. I mean, I have to say, um, you know, before tithing, my life was a big time struggle financially. Um, could not find a job. I, so I had to take a job where I was making barely a little bit more than the minimum wage. So, you know, while I was in college, I had rent up credit cards, got school loans, car loans, all this bad debt. And, you know, I wasn't even making enough to cover my payments. One day at work, I just broke down and started crying. And if you know me, I never cry. So I think at that point, I was ready to make a change in my life. I was headed to Watonga for a family reunion, which is a three hour drive. And there was a CD in my car that I still to this day don't know how it got there, but it was, a, it was a CD on tithing and giving. And the pastor uh, was talking about why tithe and why offering. And then he gave his testimony of some of the things that happened to him after tithing. And I'm just like, man, I wish, you know, I hope some of those things happened to me as well. I uh, pick up the book, The Prayer of Jabez. And there is this quote in there that said, the only thing that can break the cycle of abundant living is sin. Sin breaks the flow of God's power. So instantly that just hit me and I'm just like, man, I've got to change. I started going to church consistently, uh, paying my tithes consistently. 
Um, even though I wasn't making enough money to pay my bills, I still paid my tithes. Um, and you know, I really didn't see anything change for a couple months, but I think it was the third month after I started paying my tithes consistently, I got a call from a recruiter that I had met while I was in college, and you know, he kind of asked me how I was doing, and I kind of told him, man, you know, financially, I'm, I'm not making it right now. So he said, hey, Jimmy, I got this opportunity for you. Uh, it's a sales job, but you'd have to move to Atlanta for six months. So then things started changing for me uh, financially. Started making more money. I was able to uh, at least make the minimum payments on all my credit cards and school loans and stuff like that. And I was still uh, paying my tithes. Then eventually things started getting better and better. I have not missed a month uh, since when I made the decision that I was going to pay my tithes. I know God's blessed me in more ways than financially, but you know financially that's how I can measure, and you know that's easier for me to, to see. Hey, my income has gone up a whole lot since I started paying tithes. And, and so then, I, I think it was halfway in between the crazy campaign, um, they wanted us to recommit to our pledges, and so we upped it a little bit more, and uh, you know, we're like, man, this is as much as we can do. But uh, so we started giving that, and you know, God has been a blessing. We've never, we haven't been short on money, and we've had enough money to put back for savings and retirement. And I know for me, and I'm just speaking financially, but from where I was after I graduated college to you know where we are now, it's just a complete 180 degrees. Isn't that awesome? Because that's what happens when, when we get God involved in our finances. God will help us. And you cannot experience financial peace without getting God involved in your finances. It's just not possible. And... Uh, it's a, it's a vital step, and there's no peace, no God, no peace, no God, no peace, no God, no peace. Here's how I want to close this out today. Please don't leave because this video is very powerful. His name is Dave Ramsey, and I want to show you a short clip of him. And we're going to try to show you a clip almost every week of Dave Ramsey. We, did, we put him on the mail out. We just sent the mail out to the database and a few other folks as well, but mostly to our database. And uh, somebody called up to the church because we didn't put his name on there, Dave Ramsey, and they called up here and they said, you knew, they, they hadn't been to church in a long time, you knew, because they said, y'all got a new pastor? <laughs> no, that's Dave Ramsey. But anyways, uh, if you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, he's a financial wizard. He has his own television show. Uh, he has a class called Financial Peace University that thousands of people have been through and have become debt-free by using principles from God's Word and principles that Dave teaches, radio show he has television show, just a powerful, powerful Christian financial business genius. And he was talking at a leadership conference called Catalyst. And I want you to listen to five powerful principles that he shares at this conference that will revolutionize every one of our lives if we'll put it into practice. Check out this short video. Five basic things you can do that'll change your life. Number one, live on less than you make. We just talked about that. And that's easy to talk about. It's hard to do. Because there's all this stuff I need. My name is Dave and I like stuff. Hi, Dave. Live on less than you make. No, number two, you got to get out of debt. Did you know your most powerful wealth building tool is your income? And before your income gets home, it already has someone else's name on it. And all the money comes in and all the money goes out and only the names are changed to protect the innocent. That doesn't work. 
Did you know you can retire wealthy in North America today if you will quit supporting MasterCard, get rid of that student loan that's been around so long you think it's a pet? Amputate the Tahoe and drive a paid-for car. These are things millionaires do. That's how they got to be millionaires. The average car payment in America today is $378 over 84 months. If you were to invest $378 from age 25 to age 65, you'd have $4.4 million. Hope you like the car. That's what's going on with your team right there. They drive up in front. You give them a $300 a month raise, they go get a $400 a month car payment to celebrate. And then they still can't figure out what's going on. This happens. It happens all over America. It's normal. So we teach people to get out of debt. List your debts smallest to largest. Pay minimum payments on everything but the little one. And attack the little one. When it's gone, attack the next one. When those two are gone, you take the payment that used to be there and you attack the next one. Sell so much stuff the kids think they're next. <laughs> Name the dog eBay. Make a decision to get radical. You've got to be intentional with your money, as Rick Warren would say. As Dr. Stephen Covey would say, you have to be proactive if you want to be a highly effective person. And we wander through life with our money. We make millions of dollars in our working lifetime. We have nothing to show for it. We wake up at retirement like Gomer Powell on Valium going, whoa, shazam. I sure hope the government, which is well known for its ability to handle money, will take care of me. Get out of debt. Get out of debt, because then you have control of your most powerful wealth-building tool, which is your income. It can happen. It's happening to millions of people right now at this moment. They call my show and they scream, I'm debt-free! It's the coolest call you'll ever hear in talk radio. It's absolutely amazing. The third thing is get on a budget. I met a guy the other day manages a, a million-dollar project for his company, and his household budget isn't balanced. This is scary for me if I'm his leader. Write it down on paper on purpose. You heard Archie Manning say it. He said, have goals, have written goals. The 3% that succeed at money have a written goal. It's called a budget. Zig Ziglar says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. <laughs> on paper, on purpose. John Maxwell has the best budgeting quote ever. I'm the money guy, but he said it, and I've got to credit him because I, I just steal it, but it can't. He says, a budget is people telling their money what to do instead of wondering where it went. On paper, on purpose, and agree on it with your spouse, by the way. Be in agreement, be in communication, be in oneness, have that unity. Share your goals, share your vision together on paper, on purpose. Because when you share your spending, Jesus said your treasure is where your heart is. You share your future, you share your value system. So live on less than you make, get out of debt, ha have a plan. Here's an idea, save some money. You need a rainy day fund. You know why? It's going to rain. Money Magazine says 78% of you and or the team you lead, 8 out of 10 people on your team are going to have a major negative financial event in any given 10-year period of time. You need an extra five, seven, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, 3 to 6 months of expenses sitting there just as your umbrella. It's going to rain. Well, you need to be positive. I'm positive it's going to rain. <laughs> and let me tell you what, if you save money and you invest long-term, and you don't think about just today, you think about tomorrow. You start to have a vision about where you're going to be with your life. You save money, you live on less than you make, you get out of debt, you live on a plan, you'll be able to do number five and it'll change your life. It's called giving. It's called giving. 
Those of us that are Christians, we call that tithing at our local church. And we also call it giving in other places and other ways. Giving, 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 giving. It's, it's why you were here. It's, it's how you're designed. You are made to be a giver. It's in your DNA. And when you give, it turns loose passion and creativity in your life. And that good stuff, man, I'm excited about this series. God is going to help us experience green peace. Here's the deal. I want you to take some active steps. In the back of your seat is a card. It's a, it's a financial card for you to fill out and make some commitments. Some of you today, you need to make the commitment. On that card, you'll see a box there that talks about a financial workshop starting in December. We're going to offer a free two-week financial workshop about how to get out of debt, how to get on a budget, how to attack these things. We want to help you. We want to help you. We want something for you to help you get financial peace. Check that box. Grab that card. Check that box. For some of you, we're starting Financial Peace University, that Dave Ramsey course. We're going to start it in January. Check that. Herbert, I'm making a commitment to get involved. You'll see the price there. Our church doesn't make any money on that. It's what Dave charges for the materials. And so that's what we charge you to get the materials here to help you get financial peace. On that, on that car, it's a box for you to check. I want to get God involved. I want to get God involved. And I start today by we're tithing. I, start, I would get God involved in my finances. Check that card. Check one of those boxes. Make a commitment. Take some steps. And then take it to the Welcome Center and turn it in. We're going to be praying with you for God to turn around your finances, for your stress level to begin to go down, for trouble to begin to fade away, and for you to experience green peace. Father, Thank you so much for this time together.